Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Hey, welcome to Current Events. It's been a while since I've done this, but I thought I'd give it a go just in time for Halloween because I've got some creepy tales to share with you. Mysterious tale of the man from Tarid. Evidence for parallel universes or an embellishment. The man from Tarid, sometimes referred to as the Tarid Mystery or the Man Without a Country, is a story about a man who arrives at a Japanese airport from a country called Tarid. Many people have claimed this story to be true. So the crux of the problem pertains to Tarid. One would notice that there is no country by the name of Tarid. Either today or during the purported period of time when the incident took place, which was the 1950s. The story ends with the man just simply disappearing forever, a day after arriving in Japan. Moreover, all of the personal documents, such as his passport and driver's license, also conveniently disappeared, thus making this strange story unsolvable. The story of the man from Torrid begins quite specifically and many sources with a hot day in July 1954. On that particular day, a man was said to have arrived at the Haneda Airport, known also as Tokyo International Airport. This man has been described as Caucasian-looking with a beard. Whilst his primary language is said to have been French, it has also been purported that he spoke Japanese and many other languages as well. So far, there is nothing extraordinary to note there. The sequence of events then differs, according to which version of the story one encounters. In one version, this man hands over his passport to be stamped, and the Japanese immigration officer notices something strange. Whilst the passport looks authentic, the country where it is issued is Tarid, which was recognized as non-existent. Either way, by the officer or one of his or her colleagues indicating that the man should be taken away for interrogation. In another version, the man mentioned that he was from Tarid, and when the immigration officer did not believe him, he showed him or her his passport. The location of Tarid. The next part of the story details the man trying to convince the immigration officers that Tarid does in fact exist. According to the traveler, Tarid was located between France and Spain, and had been by that point in existence for over a thousand years, according to the man. When shown a map, the man pointed to the area occupied by the Principality of Andorra and was puzzled as to why his country was called Andorra on the map. Both sides refused to give in. The Japanese officers insisted that Tori did not exist and that the traveler was arguing otherwise. Eventually, the man was held by the officers as they were suspicious that he might be some kind of criminal. They brought him to a nearby hotel for the night whilst they conducted their investigation. To ensure that the man did not escape during the night, two guards were placed outside of his room. The next morning, when the officers went into the man's room, they realized that the man had simply vanished and there were no signs of an escape. Additionally, all of his personal documents 
which may serve as evidence for the story's validity, had apparently disappeared as well. One of the most notable explanations for this incident is that the man from Tarid had somehow passed through a parallel dimension by accident and ended up at Haneda Airport. As uh, it's been suggested that based on this explanation, there is a parallel Earth which is similar to ours, with the exception that the locations called Andorra here is known as Tarid over there. Another suggestion is that the man was a time traveler from the future. Though this interpretation is arguably more problematic than the one supposing that there's interdimensional travel. It has been suggested that in an incident like this that did indeed happen, though perhaps much less sensational. This more mundane story could have been an embellishment. Each time it was told, so much that it eventually evolved into the great mystery that it is known as today. Finally, it is also entirely possible that the story is merely an urban legend. The story of the man from Tarid might not even have occurred in the first place and may have just been the creation of someone's imagination. NASA finds hidden portals in Earth's magnetic field. A portal is considered a shortcut, a guide, a door into the unknown, but portals as we know them are only present in sci-fi movies, right? Well, according to scientists, it turns out that portals actually exist. And not only that, NASA has funded researchers at the University of Iowa to figure out what was going on with them. We call them X-points, or electron diffusion regions, explains plasma physicist Jack Scudder of the University of Iowa. They are places where the magnetic field of Earth connects to the magnetic field of the Sun, creating an uninterrupted path leading from our own planet to the Sun's atmosphere 93 million miles away. It's a shortcut worthy of the best portals of fiction. Only this time, the portals are real. And with the new signposts, we know how to find them. In the last couple of decades, science, or better said, mainstream science, has tried to adapt to numerous claims, features, and characteristics that have previously been considered as unacceptable. Breakthroughs and countless discoveries have altered science as we know it like never before. While many researchers reject new ways and new concepts, other researchers around the globe are embracing the fact that in order for science in general to advance and make even bigger breakthroughs, we must let go of the strict dogmas set into place decades ago. The reality is proven to be very complex, that the ability to change our perception of life, our planet, solar system, known physics, and the possibilities of alien life. While many of these subjects have been part of the countless conspiracy theories, people on Earth have come a far way in the last decade in our quest to understand the secrets of the universe. It turns out that there are hidden portals in our planet's magnetic field. Scientifically speaking, a wormhole is a hypothetical feature in space-time that primarily acts as some sort of shortcut through the universe. This has been featured in numerous science fiction movies and accepted as a possible way of travel of advanced extraterrestrial beings, which 
Science tends to be split in their opinions on this matter. While many believe wormholes, portals, and shortcuts in the cosmos are most likely possible, others firmly reject that notion, saying it's all part of science fiction. Interestingly, science fiction has made numerous new technologies a possibility. Things that were considered as science fiction half a century ago in today's world are a reality. Speaking about portals, it's called a flux transfer event, or FTE, says space physicist David Seibach of the Goddard Space Flight Center. Ten years ago, I was pretty sure they didn't exist, but now the evidence is on, is hard to dismiss. An example of how science fiction turns into a possibility of a discovery NASA made in the Earth's magnetic field as they have discovered that there are hidden portals there. In fact, there are certain areas in Earth's magnetic field that are connected with our sun's magnetic field, meaning that this allows for an uninterrupted path that leads from the Earth to the sun. In order to make the discovery, NASA used its Thema spacecraft, which examined the phenomenon. According to NASA, the strange portals open and close several times a day. Strangely, UFO hunters have claimed for years that our sun is part of a, gi of a gigantic stargate used by the gods at one time, or highly advanced extraterrestrial civilizations, to travel across the universe rapidly. According to research, the portals NASA discovered are mostly located tens of thousands of kilometers from Earth, and some of them are small, while others are gigantic, vast, and sustained. According to scientists, these portals transfer massive amounts of magnetically charged particles that originate in the sun. There are more unanswered questions. Why do the portals from every, form every eight minutes? How do magnetic fields inside the cylinder twist and coil? Magnetic portals are invisible, unstable, and elusive. They open and close without warning, and there are no signposts to guide and Dr. Scooter, University of Iowa stated. Now, if you remember the most recent onslaught of Marvel movies, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Captain Marvel, they show these strange portals that open up for a few minutes and enables them to go from one point to another in uh, nano speed, essentially. Uh, I think that Marvel has slowly been sliding that reality into the world as we know it and see it to make it more acceptable, more plausible because it's there naturally it's there it has been there for centuries and we're just now figuring it out well this should whet your appetite right now NASA has confirmed or openly discussed, not necessarily confirmed, ancient alien city found on the secret dark side of the moon in different NASA images. This week marks 50 years since man landed on the moon, but was something there before us? 50 years ago this week, man first set foot on the moon. Neil Armstrong, whom I was named after, Neil of course, but he spelled it N-E-I-L, I'm N-E-A-L, Neil Armstrong won the space when he stepped out onto the lunar surface and declared, that's one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. Sorry, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. 
He was joined by fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin as the pair spent several hours walking the surface of the moon. Michael Collins, who was also part of the mission, remained in the command module while it was in, still in orbit. The Apollo 11 mission took off from Kennedy Space Center in Florida on July 16, 1969. It took the crew eight days to reach their destination. Eight days from the Earth to the moon. And the rest, of course, is history. Images and footage of the historic moment were beamed around the globe, mankind's first glimpse at lunar life. Since then, a raft of conspiracy theories have sprung up about whether or not the moon landing was faked. But one of the most unusual ideas is that on the dark side of the moon, not visible from Earth, lies an ancient alien city. NASA images of the dark side of the moon have fueled the belief that Earth's nearest neighbor is hiding an amazing secret. Some of the pictures show square-shaped rocks and alien hunters have claimed they could be buildings. They, had, they add the structures that look to have been abandoned millions of years ago which has led them to believe a tragic incident is the reason aliens no longer live on the moon. Scott C. Waring wrote about his wild theory on the ET database. The conspiracy theorist said, the objects seem to be very reflective, but have dark black areas that have a lot of right angles and appear to be structures. Some of the objects were white reflective roofs or buildings that had openings that allow ships to come in and go. Some of the ships in those structures are hanging halfway out, which makes me think some tragic event happened that stopped them from existing fully. Scott even believes the ancient city could have once included a port. Other conspiracy theorists claim to be certain that alien life still lives on the moon. Over the years, they claim to have spotted pyramids and other monuments similar to that. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. A court rules that a mansion's portal to hell is not a valid reason for the buyer backing out of the real estate deal. In Vancouver, a BC court has ruled that non-disclosure of the existence of a portal to hell on a property does not entitle the purchaser to a refund of their deposit if they choose to terminate the deal. The home inspection report clearly indicated the presence of a stable fissure in the space-time continuum leading to another plane of reality, Judge Julia Hammond said when making her ruling. Once made aware of the existence of such a fissure, the onus is the on the home buyer to determine the endpoints of all interdimensional portals before signing the closing documents. The BC Real Estate Association estimates that at least 30% of detached homes in Metro Vancouver and 10% of condos contain portals to other worlds, but approximately half of them lead 
to high fantasy realms and increase the value of the property. Portals to Hell, or a, uh, a niche feature, it's true, local re uh, realtor Arnold Lee admitted. They're more popular than horror movie-loving millennials, but unfortunately tend to open when the wealthy make packs with demons and are therefore mostly found in expensive homes, which millennials can't afford anyway. So we're seeing a, a glut of very high-end homes with hell portals on the market. The buyer in this case, Lucy Prescott, is furious with both the ruling and what she says are the deceptive circumstances that led to her purchase of the home. There was clearly a cover-up going on during the showings to mislead buyers like me. There was no wailing. There were no screams. There was no oppressive sense of existential dread and physical terror coupled with pseudo-sexual thrill at the idea of living beyond the judgment of God. This was real estate fraud, plain and simple. The BCREA has tips on their website for home buyers looking to avoid purchasing property with an unwanted portal to hell, including asking if there is a portal to hell on the property. I have a bit of a treat for my listening audience, just in time for Halloween, of course. I will be reading The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghosts upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow from my books Sir Keys of Sorrow, Sorrow for the Lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor, entreating entrance at my chamber door." Some late visitor, entreating entrance at my chamber door. This is it, and nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there and nothing more. Deep into the darkness peering, Long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming, dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word Lenore, merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again, I heard a tapping, 
somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely, that is something at my window, lattice. Let me see then. That thirit is, th this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, one with many a flirt and flutter. In there steeped a stately raven in the saintly days of yore. Not the least obscene made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling. By the grave and stern decorum of the countess at war. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven thou, I said, art sure no craven? Ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore, tell me why thy lordly name is on the night's plenty on shore, quoth the raven nevermore. Much I marveled, this ungainly fowl, to hear discourse so plainly. Though its answers little meaning, little relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. But the raven sitting lonely on the placid bust spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather then he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken, my reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmercifully disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the digress of his hope and his melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy thinking, what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, an ominous bird of yore, meant and croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burden into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamp 
light gloating o'er, she shall press on nevermore. Then, methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled in the tusted floor. Wrench, I cried, wrench, thy God hath let me, by these angels he hath set thee. Respite, respite, and repent, nepeth from thy memories, Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff, this kind nepeth the forgotten, the lost Lenore. Quoth the raven nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, let me truly, I implore, tell me, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, never more. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if this the dis, distant Aiden, it shall clasp a sedent maiden, whom the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word or sign of parting, bird or friend. I shrieked, upstarting, get thee back into the tempest and the night's Plutian shore. Leave, go back as a token of that lie thy shall hath spoken. Leave thy loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above the door. Take thy beak from thy heart. Take it out and take thy form from my door, quote the raven nevermore. And the raven never flitted. Still it sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of demons that is dreaming, and, and the lamp's light allure am streaming, throws this shadow on the floor, and my soul from that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Hello, kids and adults and the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. You are listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6 The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to get to Google and search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, which is www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash Neil Parks. Thanks. Monster.fandom.com that's monster.fandom.com. Thank you so much for spending your time with me during this very special Halloween podcast episode of Paranormally Speaking, hosted by me, Neil Parks. I had fun 
reciting The Raven, uh, it took a lot out of me. It's always been a favorite of mine, and at a very early age, I was obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe, especially when his stories were narrated by the late, great Vincent Price. But have a happy Halloween, a safe remaining portion of the holiday. We have Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and the new year. So who knows what's in store between now and then. Hope for the best, watch the skies, and if you hear something in the dark, don't be afraid to turn on a flashlight. Thank you, and good night.